I am very disappointed. I'm gonna go to hell when I die. I'm gonna go to hell when I die. And yeah. Hello, this is John Scalzi, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is Casually Hardcore, my favorite podcast on the internet. Versus the World Productions. What has been heard cannot be unheard. www.vtwproductions.com The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. Panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to participate in today's show, please come to the website and choose chat at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, click on chat and video to join the video wall. If you want to do IRC chat, click on chat, and you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the chat during the show. If you want to email the show, the address is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. And now, on with the show! For Sunday, the 7th of October, 2012, this is Casually Hardcore. I'm Gnomewise. And I'm Grail. Cricket. And, and, cricket. <laughs> and then there was a kind of silence. And that's how it's rolling today. <laughs> so is this like, what, ultra hardcore? Yeah, uh, this is... Mega? This is hard. <laughs> <laughs> Insert uh, adjective yeah. here. Yeah. Or maybe it's core. I don't know what you want to call it, so... Welcome to Casually Hardcore. Yeah. We are your hosts for this fine two-hour extravaganza of nerd. That's right. And you're wearing your Vikings. That's right. They're playing this afternoon, so I have to... Oh, you, so you're not actually be I don't monitoring even... the game during the show like you usually do. No, actually, that'll start in about ten minutes. Oh, <laughs> so this is maybe like one and a half hosts today. <sighs> yeah. Better than two and a half men. That's true. You don't have the same kind of you know sex appeal as John Cryer. And yes, that was an insult. Wow. All right. <laughs> Remember when he had a movie career? Yeah. Hiding out. Remember was, that? I mean, the one where he was in, he was in a guy pretending to be a high school student. Was that called Hiding Out? It's called yeah. Hiding Out. <laughs> I don't remember that being the title, but yes. Yeah. Pretty sure it is. I don't know. Maxwell Bowser. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was yeah. That was kind of it. And then he vanished. I thought honestly thought he was dead. And then yeah. he showed up on that show and was like, oh okay, oh, he exists. Yeah. Speaking about dead, and Charlie Sheen was on that show for a while until he went bonkers. Yeah. And then they killed his. They literally killed his character off. Yeah. Which I found to be hilarious. Yeah. So oh, really, you think you're indispensable? Bang. Bye bye. Come on, you're Ashton. Yeah, exactly. There oh, was a weird geez. switch up. But I digress. Mm-hmm. If, oh, actually, see, I kind of remember these things. Yeah. Tangents are kind of a big deal. We are kind of a big deal. That's right. If you're joining us live, and you should be, in Internet Relay Chat, you will find our one and only producer, nay, IRC rep, the one and only Barry Von Awesome. Barry White, save my life. If you have something to bring to the host's attention during the show, please send your personal message to the aforementioned Barry VA, and he will bring it to our attention. Please do not PM the two hosts during the show. This is why we have a large panel on this show. Seriously. <laughs> somebody can monitor this crap. <laughs> just, yeah, sniper attacks can whittle us That's down. That's right. And still provide and a we show still can go on. That's, yeah. You damn right. Yep. But I digress. Um, the email address to become involved with the show is ch at vtwproductions.com. Send forth your emails there if you prefer to not use IRC. And we have, there it is, a call-in topic as rec- recommended by the one and only Grail, who... As usual, at, what, 8.30 a.m., got in and read the research thread and yeah, updated put it the, all together on the Google Drive, in the Google Cloud, in the Google, Google, Google. And for the fourth half of the show, dust off your copies of Skype and be ready to call in on the following topic. How much does a review of a game or reviews of games impact your decision to buy or not to buy? Yeah. This is really spawned from a uh, Penny Arcade Report article that detailed really it's kind of a little bit shocking findings, or I don't know how shocking they are, but basically the better reviewed a game is, the better it sells. Which, I mean, I think on the surface you look at it and you go, well, duh, that means it's a better game, so it's probably going to get more sales. But they actually did some studies where they took a game, I believe it was Plants vs. Zombies, and had three groups go in. One group, they showed them the reviews before they played the game that were all very positive, and then had them play it, and then had them score it, and they scored it pretty positive, uh, like an 85, I think, out of 100. The second group went in with no reviews and played the game, and they gave it like a 70 out of 100. And then the third group was shown negative reviews about the game, and they gave it a really low score. Um, so it was power really of suggestion. the power of suggestion and just how much it influences sales of a game, just the review itself, whether or not it's even on target. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting thing, and it kind of got me thinking just how much do you stock that in or do you look at a game, um, and it does, is it different for different types of games? Is it like a AAA title, um, XCOM, Assassin's Creed, one of those that are coming out really soon, is that just an automatic, I really don't care what the reviews are going to say, I'm just going to buy it day one and, and I'm, I'm sold, but for a game that's maybe smaller, an indie game, stuff like that, do you actually then search out the reviews? Because I find that's, I, that's more the case. If it's not a game I'm buying day one, I tend to read the reviews, personally. See, and I don't read reviews, but the review of friends and people whose opinions I trust mean a very great deal as to whether sure. I'm going to buy something. 
So if you come along and are honking on about, oh, yo, this, I never would have given XCOM a second look. Really? And now I am waiting for it to release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, partially just because I remember the good old days and I'm yeah. curious to see if the update is, is all these sunshine and kittens that you're making it out to be. Well, the funny thing is they already have some reviews up of that. Of course. <laughs> While I was doing this, I was, but I was surprised. Normally, game sites wait till the game actually launches because it's not launching until Tuesday. Right. So, but they actually, I think Game Informer had a review up and it was just basically like... This is the way it's done. I mean, so this is how you. I already the have. Franchise. Yeah, I already have it pre-ordered, so it didn't impact me ordering it right. one way or another. But it was good to see that. No, was, you were a convert. Yeah, a long time. Ago. Yeah, it was. It took me, you know, the playthrough of packs, and then obviously the demo uh, was released, and it's like, yeah, this all just feels right. Bring it. Feels on. like XCOM. I'm loving it. Smells like Teen Spirit. Now, speaking about releases, uh, we've been released from the NDA. Yes, we can on, speak uh, of MechWarrior. MechWarrior. Yeah, which is really cool. Because um, I've had a lot I wanted to say about it. <laughs> um, I personally have found it enjoyable. And I went in, I, didn't, I haven't bought any of the founder packages. Right. So I'm playing it like somebody would play it when it launches. Free to play to see what that experience would be like. Earning your money... It's slow. It is slow. slow. I have spent a lot of time in those trial mechs. Yep. I have played that damn catapult over and over. (laughs) And the Jenner. I really, that's one of the most surprising things. I really enjoy playing the Jenner. So you're a plinker, huh? Yeah, not plinker. I just love it because, I mean, it's one of those things where they've now incorporated, because before you just got money for win and loss. Right. Now they've incorporated, like, if you spot people, you you get money for that. If you... You know, blow up components, you get money for that. If you assist with kills, you get money. So they really made it, they're trying to drive money to be more based on your skill. And it's a good spot because really the thing that Jenners do the best is they run in and they get like half the team to just chase that one match. Right. And while that half to the team is chasing down that Jenner, the other team comes up and just not, you know, just wipes them out. So that, I mean, the, the amount of effect that a Jenner can have on a battle can be huge. Um, or they're, especially now that they've put beacons in, which for those that aren't familiar with Battletech, that's a technology that allows you to basically mark a mech, and it's a, it guides missiles. Yeah. And the missiles have become a little effective. OP. Holy crap yeah, they are need, those effective. They, they need to work on the It feels <laughs> a little unbalanced, especially when you get somebody rolling in with an Atlas, which yeah. is the big, heavy, 100-ton mech that's loaded as a missile boat, right. and you got something like two LRM-20s and like a 15 and coming it out. It can just stand there yeah. and take it on the chin while annihilating people halfway across the map. just raining death. Yeah. And so death. somebody who's got a beacon on their mech and one of these on the board again on the other team, and you're dead. That guy's going down fast. Yeah. So it's just the rain, rain of fire from the heavens. And you don't even know where the hell you're being hit from. Right, it's right. Like, what yeah. the hell, man? So you basically now games, what I found lately is devolving is everybody's using ridge lines and line of sight. Like mm-hmm. nobody wants to get caught out in the open because you're done. Because it's guaranteed that the other team will have at least one or two missile boats yeah. sitting back. Well, because the missiles are so OP right now. Right. And that's, that's one of the better. As enjoyable designs. as it is, because yeah. I love streaming them. I love LRMs. Right. Um, I will happily sit on, you know, with the top half of my mech poking over a ridge line, and annihilate you from far, far away. Oh yeah, that's my preferred mode of play. So I'm kind of having fun with the unbalanced yeah. nature. Of, <laughs> Feels kind of good. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not going to last. Yeah, uh, but being able to, you know, just melt down a heavy mech, an assault mech. Yeah. From a medium mech, from and they and they never get a shot in it's like. 
right. That's what I'm looking for. And it it, it can't right. stay that way. It's just it's too Im- imbalanced, but I'm enjoying it while it lasts. That one's that, yeah. It's definitely, and they're still tuning the game. I mean, every update yes. definitely changes things a little bit. And I was annoyed because when I first started playing the beta, the missiles were useless. I mean, if you weren't using streak SRMs, right. if, you, if you were doing up-close missiles, they were effective. Yeah. Long range were just... It just didn't have the punch. Right. It didn't it, have the punch that you were expected from a catapult. Yeah. I mean, the whole point is you're lobbing stuff from the other side of the, of the world right. and, and causing havoc. Um, now they've kind of gone to the opposite extreme. Yeah. Somewhere now it's like one volley and you suddenly got critical damage right. popped Everywhere. up on your screen. Like, you're like, what, what just, the hell? Did I just step into an active volcano? What yeah. the hell just happened? Yeah. So that piece definitely still needs work, but graphically, it's really a beautiful game. Um there's some interesting things you can do because, like, the LRMs and, like, things like gauze cannons and stuff, when they hit you, your whole screen shakes yes. and stuff. So what I love is my, the hunchback with the six, me, six small lasers. Six or seven. Either way, you go in with that sucker because those don't shake your screen. You right. just start hitting the guy, and it takes him a while to, to realize, realize he's being hit. Oh, my God. And especially if you Where's got my it, back armor? Yeah, like, why does my one component just go red, like, super fast, and yet I don't, you know, my screen's not shaking or nothing. And if you've thrown, yep. like, an XL engine in that, you're just, we call it the angry hornet. You just <laughs> run around. Haul, and, like, you get these Jenners or, like, Raven pilots that think, okay, well, I got, you know, I'm in a light mech. I can outrun mm-hmm. anything. And suddenly this hunchback's keeping yeah, up. Medium is saying, "How you yeah, doing?" Like, yeah, I, I can. Turn I just with melted you. your face. Yeah, so that's now, that's a fun mech to play. All energy weapons, and I had I'd never mm-hmm. really considered what you just said. There's, there's no visual indicator no. like with all. The- I think the large lasers might give you a little bit of a shake, mm-hmm. but it's nothing compared to missile hits or right. gauzes or an AC twenty or right. something. Any of any of the kinetic you. weapons, right? So yeah, that. that you sneaky yeah. bastard. It's, the, it's nasty. It's really, really nasty. And it, it, it's shocking when you get the right engine in it. Um, but, and again, the other big benefit is there's no ammo cost. Right. So, and that becomes, that's the one thing with a missile bow right now is, oh my God, if you get caught and get destroyed or you go down and you've spent off a lot of rounds, your repair bill is so yes. big. And it's really, I mean... It's obviously it's a free to play game. They have to make money somehow. Right. This is their method because you look at that and you go, "Oh, I don't feel like playing, you know, ten games and a trial mech to get that money back to replace to repair my main mech." Mm-hmm. So I'll just throw them some cash. <laughs> no, and that's another consideration where I'm, my, I think now that hearing what you say, I may try yeah. the Angry Hornet idea because the, the pure energy weapon idea, mm-hmm. um, you know, infinite ammo. Yeah. And heat, I'm assuming, becomes an issue. You can work it, but I mean, basically, you 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 load yourself up with uh, I think it's like 24 heat sinks or so, and you can you can get off. I would say 10 to 12 shots in a row before you before you got a problem. Mm-hmm. So, and most fights, that's plenty because you're going to have to jock for position and stuff. So you'll have times where you're, you're not cool firing. Enough. And, of course, it depends on the map, because there's the one map that's in the volcanic crater, which sucks, because you're, like, you're at a base 15 heat right. already. Just for standing just around. Just because you're standing there. Um, but, of course, on like the snow map, uh, obviously you can fire even longer, because yeah. it, it, you're much cooler. Uh, the, the big thing that I think it needs is it needs another game mode. Yes, it is really getting old playing the same base defend. Uh, base capture. Basically, it's base capture with a team deathmatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need some extra modes in there. Uh, they could use some more maps too because yeah. I think there's only four or five maps. I mean, it's beta. It's beta. One would hope that they're working on balancing yeah. the weapon systems. 
um, as we've you know, illustrated with the <laughs> LRM. <laughs> um, so hopefully game modes will launch with the either come later in the beta for us to test or just will launch with the game. Yeah, I would hope so. Because, um, I mean, obviously their, their stated goal is then within a year we'll start seeing clan packs. So. And again, you can pay to get into this beta. Yeah. If you buy one of the founder packs, you can get right in. We highly encourage it. I mean, I, I enjoyed more than I thought I would dusting off the old side one yeah. force feedback <laughs> too because they've got all the force feedback built right into it. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a lot of the, I, I think I benefit from it because I, I feel the laser hits okay. in the force feedback oh. more than the visual. Interesting. Because the the old Sidewinder the two yeah doesn't really have subtle levels yeah. of shaking. <laughs> it's shaken or not right it's on or it's off yeah. so even you know they, they may have programmed it in for a more modern one they can spin the motors at sure. different speeds this one's old and I'm kind of benefiting from the fact that it's old and dumb yeah it just goes. the slight impacts are still rattling and like something's ah, hitting me right right um, that's good if I get into this enough there's they're, they're, they have support and of course they're working with Razor sure. on the full cockpit right. but there's all the different flight systems you can yeah. get with the foot rudders and, and get the, the throttle control the throttle and the weapons control panel yeah. uh, which we can get right over here at Fry's Electronics yeah. but I'm curious to see what the Razor one finally looks like because the theory on that one looks dead sexy with the supplemental screen and all that fun stuff right um, just no matter whether or not I will have time to get into this game to the degree to which I would like yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, it killed me. I missed at, um, oh, God, what's the name of the used place that has uh, Bookman's? Mm-hmm. So I went over there, and they one day I walked in, and they had one of the old SciTech, like, beast controllers right. that had the throttle and the main thing, and it was, like, made out of steel. Right. I mean, it's hefty, and they had it there. Somebody had you know, traded, it. traded it in, it was like 35 bucks, and I missed it. And I, like, oh! I like said, oh, you know, I probably should get that. And then I came home, I kind of looked online, like right now, if you wanted to try to buy that online, it's like $200. I was yeah. like, oh. I'm going back. I went back, and it was <laughs> gone. gone. Of course. Like, ah, that was stupid. So, Hindsight. Yeah, exactly. So it's good. I mean, I think, I think there's a lot to look forward to with the mech game. We'll be able uh, with, to talk to you about it more yeah, now that the NDA is off. You know, kind of talk about where it's gone. And they've done resets. Um, so right now, like, I've just crested back above a million dollars. So I can start thinking about buying a, a basic mech to... Right. Because, I mean, the other big thing is with trial mechs, obviously you're stuck in those mechs. The good thing is you don't have to pay repair costs. The bad thing is you don't get experience, though, either. Right. So you don't get all the little talents that you can unlock, which some of them become pretty damn good, like less heat, you know, faster turning, mm-hmm. uh, faster overall speed, those type of things. Um, so it's pretty robust in that area for both the design of a mech and the uh, the pilot skills you can unlock. The other thing I also like is that they've now finally added, like, when you click on a mech to buy, it tells you all its hard points. Yeah. Which was horrible Missing. before. <laughs> You're like, please, God, have... Oh, this one's all energy. And yeah. I was learning to make a missile boat, so I can't do that. Yeah. Not it as badly cool. needed an undo button. Yeah. <laughs> Are you really sure about this purchase? Mm-hmm. So... A couple of programmatic announcements. If you are not on the video wall, you should be. It's hopping this week. Uh, we have people in hats and people with uh, anime hairdos and beards. and It's a good thing. Come to vtwproductions.com. Click on chat at the top of the page and choose the chat video wall. And even if you don't have a video camera, you can see the crazy people, that are, you know us, who are on the wall. And if you do have a webcam, join in. We want to see you. Yeah. Also, uh, IRC, we are interested in hearing back from you on the stability of the stream this week. We are not relying on Wi-Fi this week. I ran the good old-fashioned Cat5 from the router directly to the broadcast rig, 
And also went out last week and bought a nice new 802.11N access point to replace the aging hmm. WRT54G I was running, nice. which was awesome because it could run the open source firmware uh, and had all kinds of options, but it was only G and getting a little long in the tooth. Oh. So it is. It was time to move on. <laughs> so uh, let us know how the... Uh, Stream is doing this weekend. We had some streaming and buffering problems last week. Apologize for that. Right. You podcast listeners wouldn't know anything about that because you always get the sanitized version of the show with all the uh, errors and technical difficulties that never happen edited <laughs> out. That's right. That's right. We are professional. <sighs> Have you uh, done any further viewing on uh, Doctor Who? Or are you still no. stuck with the needing the current season? Yeah, the current season, um, we're probably going to end up just buying on Prime. Because uh, they had the Christmas episode was available for free if you were a Prime member on Amazon. The other episodes are like two bucks a piece, yeah. I think. Something like that. It's nothing bad. They uh, just broadcast the last new episode last week until yeah. the new Christmas episode. Yeah. And I saw they, you know, it's... Uh, when I was doing some of the research this morning, they're releasing the Doctor Who game on the Vita. I did not know such a thing was in development. Yeah. BBC has lots of free online games you can play, right. but they've actually developed a Vita game. Yeah, it's actually for the, play, the PlayStation Vita, so that's interesting. So yeah, no, no real catch-up on that. Uh, I did yesterday watch the Stuart O'Reilly debate. The rumble in the air-conditioned uh-huh. auditorium. So I gave them, they got my five bucks. Uh, also picked up, in order to watch it on the big screen, uh, I didn't have a, I don't have a computer hooked up to my uh, television, so I went and got the adapter for the HDMI from my iPad. Ah. And it worked really, really well. Excellent. It was actually really nice. <laughs> so it was very easy to set up, and then, I mean, obviously you just plug it in, and once it's plugged in, it even detects and goes, oh, okay, you're streaming this to a TV, so it just kind of grays out the iPad screen and yep. then uh, allows it, when it, whenever it's a video, but if it's not a video, you, it comes right back. It goes to both of them. So it was good. It was a, it was a fun debate. It was much more entertaining, I think, than the uh, real presidential debate. So yeah. <laughs> it was definitely worth worth the, the time, I think, more. Uh, well, it's frightening. It. I was listening on the radio to... Uh, a kind of a, a condensed presidential debate between Johnson and another one of the other third party candidates. Oh, okay. And it was way more interesting and informative yeah. than the ninety minute debate with the the two the, quote major parties. Right. Right. Um, I, you know the, the the older I get, the more I see just how rigged the system is to prefer to preserve the two party system. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the people who are talking about the kinds of things that are of most interest and concern to me when I, whenever I think of our country as a whole and where we're headed were not the two talking heads that are you know the two candidates that the media says, you have two candidates. Which is it going to be? It's like, no, we have a lot more than two candidates. Look at your ballot. Right. Well, the other ones won't win. Yeah, they won't win because... You've made sure they can't yeah win. yeah there's there's no there's no, no way hope. to break in um, yeah I mean if if you know if I had my druthers Johnson would would get my vote because and he may yet um, the, yeah. liber- the libertarian approach resonates with me a lot more than the anything else yeah. <laughs> so. it just but it's just the fact that the 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 kinds of questions that were asked yeah and the 
obvious thoughtfulness that went into the replies on the radio debate versus the polished for the least common denominator dumbed down answers that were put out in the national debate. Right. This kind of made me weep a little for the state of our our country's politics. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's it's not like it's anything new. I don't just hold uh, Barack Obama and uh, Mitt Romney accountable for. I mean, it's every debate pretty much up to that point yeah. in the last, I would say, modern times, uh, you know, 20 years at least. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of the talk has been, you know, when was the last time a debate was actually seen to shift the outcome of an election? Right. They have to go all the way back to Nixon Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty far. <laughs> so Everything else they say between has been just kind of... of well, I mean, now it's the the entire debate, the entire reason or their whole motivation, I think, to go up there and debate is to, I, I don't want to mess up. Right. I don't want to say something that's like makes me look completely terrible. So instead, I'll just say nothing at all. Right. And keep it. Uh, or if you're Mitt Romney, you say a whole bunch of things and you present it really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 27 out of 30 of them are completely false. Wrong. Exactly. Yeah. But you, just, you presented but them you well. But you presented them well. Exactly. And that was, yeah, that was my problem with false, the debate. False and or total reversals on everything yeah. he's been saying up until that point. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And then Obama was definitely doing the defensive mode of, I'm just going to play it cool, low-key, yeah. not going to say anything to upset the apple cart, don't want to piss anyone off. And he didn't present well, though. Right. So he, 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 was my... he didn't present well, but he had the facts. So I mean, the whole debate, it was really hard for me to even so, get through the debate. Yeah, it really, like, what? Are, like, this uh, is just so terrible. Right. So, yeah. so yeah, but if you have a chance to watch the Stuart O'Reilly debate, it was fun. And, you know, in, in both their cases, they, they at least gave coherent opinions on things. Yes. And, you know, really at least provoke some thought there. Well, um, O'Reilly came on John Stewart's show the other yeah. day. It's always fun to see them across oh, the table yeah. from each other because they have wildly different opinions, mm-hmm. um, obviously have a grudging respect for each other, um, but are absolutely there to snipe at each other. Sure. Um, and I think that's a, a very healthy conversation yeah. you have. Well, it's a, and I mean, in the end, they're both benefiting each other. Oh, but of course. No, so. no, they're, they're doing this. Very, I mean, O'Reilly was right. there with his book, saying, here's right. my book. Exactly, this is, exactly. This is, I don't see anything other than the shameless self-promotion, but it's shameless self-promotion that entertains the hell out of me, sure. so I win. I'm, sure. I, I, I'm for it. Yeah. I approve this. <laughs> Go to it. All right. We have come up against our first break, a reminder of the call-in topic to get your brain going. How much do reviews affect your personal choice to buy a game or not buy a game mm-hmm. do you care do you not consult them at all do you do the exact opposite of what the reviewers say every time yeah. what is your relationship with reviewers yep and the skype account you need to point your copy of skype at is vtw shows when the time comes it'll be online and if you go to the front page of vtwproductions.com Look in the lower right-hand corner for the I'm online <laughs> icon. You can click that, and if you have clicked a call properly installed, it will dial in. But please wait for the fourth half of the show before you do that. Otherwise, you will fall into the pit of hell. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? It's kind of drastic. We have a pit of hell. Okay. I mean, what's the point of having a pit of hell if we're not going to use it? Exactly, yeah. The upkeep on that's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and... I got a little more. Since it's been so well-received, I'm basically going to churn my way through the rest of the uh, Smooth Federation album for you guys. So the first uh, installment today is, these are all from Andrew Allen, who did the jazz, smooth jazz reinterpretations of Star Trek themes, and this is Voyager. 
So, we shall return right after this. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions.
this is Danielle Corsetto from Girls with Slingshots, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I hope you have a drink handy. Geeks in a Gaming World. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. It's Geeks in a Gaming World time. Yep. So I got to do a quick fantasy aside for Geeks in the Gaming World. It's fantasy football. It technically this counts. This is why I love this game, because this week I had to start the Indianapolis Colts quarterback, Andrew Luck, and I have the receiver, Reggie Wayne, and they just threw a touchdown. He threw it to my receiver <laughs> with 30 seconds left in the game to take the lead on the Packers, who I hate. So it's like, it just all comes, it's such a beautiful picture that just happened it's like fantasy scores real life scores this is great so yeah worked well gaming stuff yeah here's kind of a weird one I... <sighs> sony sues kevin butler actor yeah so this is from venturebeat.com and the original story reads as follows PlayStation spokesperson and faux executive Kevin Butler is in trouble with Sony. This is a guy that plays their fake CEO, who, if he were a real CEO, would be the the coolest CEO ever. Um, On September 11th, Sony Computer Entertainment America filed a lawsuit against the Bridgestone Tires Company and Wildcat Creek Incorporated advertising firm. Actor Jerry Lambert, who plays the hilarious and arrogant Kevin Butler character in PlayStation commercials, is the president of Wildcat Creek, according to CorporationWiki.com. Mm-hmm. Sony claims that Bridgestone and Lambert violated one of Sony's intellectual properties. Which one? Well, Kevin, Kevin Butler. Butler. Man can't use his own image. In February of this year, Lambert began to appear in a series of Bridgestone promotions. You can see the actor mocking former MFL player Deion Sanders at the end of this ad. Sure. Bridgestone and Wildcat Creek are now running a Game On promotion where customers can get a $70 American Express gift card or a Nintendo Wii console. A recent ad for this promotion, which the official Bridgestone YouTube account has removed, featured Lambert in a white lab coat appearing with the Nintendo console running a copy of Mario Kart Wii. Dun, dun, dun! It's just insane. So because the guy who played the fake CEO in the Sony ad appeared in another completely unrelated ad with a Wii visible in frame, they're suing. Yeah. Which, I mean, again, if, if, if he was saying he was Kevin Butler in the commercial right. or even because, I mean, in the, he doesn't, he's in a lab coat. I right. don't recall any commercial in that line that he did for Sony that he was in a lab coat around tires <laughs> and he i mean basically they're saying his image yeah meaning how he looks as a person has become their property their pro- like he has to shave his head if he wants to work in this industry now <laughs> you can write contracts that are worded that way my question would be was that was that or i mean to me it seemed like you would write one that just says you cannot appear in an advertisement for a competitor right and i mean maybe that's in his contract well sony's response because they updated this article later on when sony responded right. to them sony's statement is sony computer entertainment america filed a lawsuit against bridgestone and wildcat the claims are based on violations of the lanham act which reads misappropriation breach of contract and tortious interference with a contractual relationship 
We invested significant resources in bringing the Kevin Butler character to life, and he's become an iconic personality directly associated with PlayStation products over the years. Use of the Kevin Butler character to sell products other than those from PlayStation misappropriates Sony's intellectual property, creates confusion in the market, and causes damage to Sony. Okay, yeah. but they didn't represent him as Kevin Butler. Right. He just was acting in he a different just commercial was there. <laughs> as, a diff- as a different character. Exactly. So, I mean, if you look at the commercial, nowhere in there do they say, mention, imply... He his hair isn't done the same way. He's not speaking. It's right. like you're really reaching there. Yeah, something. that seems like a huge. Because I mean, like I remember way you know a few years ago before Felicia Day got pretty big, mm-hmm. she was in a commercial for Best Buy. I don't think Best Buy is going to be like, hey, time to give us some of that guild money. Sears. No, she was in Best Buy. Best Buy well. also. Yeah, she was in the blue shirt and everything. It was, Sears, it was like a holiday commercial. Yeah, they, they, she was in. Yeah. In fact, what's wacky is you can they've got the Sears blue appliance team, uh-huh. and their one of their major posters is a bunch of silhouettes of you know people standing. Right. And she is one of the silhouettes. Yeah. You, oh. you can clearly make her out because she was part of that original ad campaign, so uh, they used. Interesting. And now she's since gone on yes. the, whole, the whole geek goddess thing, but right, right. still go. She's a Sears appliance salesperson at some point. And yeah. I gave 10 years of my life to Sears Roebuck and Company, so <laughs> bad flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Sony, really? I mean, really? Really? I mean, they're, they're so good at destroying their own brand. Um, I mean, they had the whole hacking scandal and the rewriting of the terms of service that sure. basically say, you're not allowed to sue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you must, you know, by by agreeing to use this console, you're for foregoing you're, you're, any. Uh, you're saying that you yeah. will submit to binding arbitration with an arbitrator right. chosen by Sony. Right, yeah. Um, See how that works out. Well, it's working its way through the court system. Yeah, because a lot of people, a lot of other companies, followed suit and said, "Oh, really? You can do that? Yeah, that, that's awesome." <laughs> quick rewrite the TOS. Uh, what do you got? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, to take a little thunder from our preceding show. Yeah, we got there first. Obviously, um, uh, a big deal has been made about a main Democrat uh, candidate, Colleen Lechowitz, who also plays WoW, and her opponent has decided to put an attack ad out about the fact she plays WoW, which... Really? Yeah. This is a, I mean, I feel like I'm going to be the Miz the whole show. Really? 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 Um, it, this basically, they point out the fact that she plays an assassin, and they take comments that she's had on uh, on different uh, blogs that she posted about gaming. Right. So, I mean, like one of them is, so I'm a level 68 orc road girl. This means I stab things a lot. Who would have thought that a peace-loving social worker and Democrat would enjoy that? Or Anyone with a reasonable mind. Yeah. Who understands the concept of role play and the difference between fantasy and reality. Right. I mean, she, and you know, again, it's, you're running for political office, everything's going to be out there. It's an interesting one that they went for, I mean, to have her juxtaposed against her character with a big purple mohawk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised Blizzard hasn't said, hey, you're using, that's our property. You can't use yeah, that. Yeah, or you're, you know, RNC throws some money over here. Right. Um, so, it, yeah, it's it's a little silly. And, and on the flip side, I'm sure Blizzard's going, hey, look at all this free publicity they just gave us. True. Um, 
So especially, you know, with an expansion that they just launched, they probably would like a little bit of loving. And this is one way to do it because a lot of people in the gaming community have definitely come out and said, hey, you know, I don't, you know, whether or not you agree with the politics, this is, you're basically indicting gamers by this attack mm-hmm. ad, which uh, it definitely seems to come off that way. Hey, guys, gamers vote. Yeah. And I think she came up with a good response, too. And, like, you're telling me I'm one of, like, the 138 million people that play games. Yeah, I am. So if you want to get me for my Angry Birds game time, too, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it was... Like, a... Wow, if this is what you're stooping to, you must be really yeah. desperate. I'm feeling good about my campaign now. Yeah, exactly. Like, sheesh. Uh, so, so I mean, silly the, one. Well, the whole the whole political thing is, is in high gear. I mean, of course, every single ad that comes up on Pandora right now is a local attack ad. Oh yeah, um, for one politician or another. Um, yeah. It's just like, <sighs> yeah, I, uh, that, that's you know, somebody was asking me the other day about the debate or politics. I'm like, I just can't wait for what is it, November sixth, to be here and gone. Just let's let's just do it. Let's let's vote. Let's get it over with so we can stop all this craziness. Mm-hmm. So speaking about politics, yes. <laughs> where where politics and Xbox collide? Yeah, the Xbox obviously have been they you know it's right on their main home screen. When you get in there is that they have links to watch videos and stuff on. Uh, the presidential race and one of the things they also are offering is you can watch the debates on xbox and if you watch i think three of the four debates uh including the vp debate you and spend 30 minutes at least in each debate you get an avatar reward of like some gold spartan armor Mm -hmm. so being the good gamer that i was i figured i'm gonna watch my debate on my xbox i'm gonna give this a shot it crapped out on me in about 25 minutes. <laughs> it was just like, sorry, not available. I'm like, eh, great. So, but they did. Needs work. Yeah, it needs a little work. So I quickly switched over to you know NBC or something and watched, finished watching it there. However, they also, while I was watching it, it does po- pop up little questions at the bottom of the screen, trying to get, you know, obviously grab statistics, especially on the folks watching it that way. Um, and some of the things they found was Romney was indeed the winner of Wednesday night's debate with the Xbox Live audience, despite what some of the raw real-time numbers might have shown. We asked 10 questions during the debate to gauge who won exchanges or segments, and we found that the uh, undecideds broke for Romney while Obama consistently lost support from his base. Nine out of 10 times, Romney exceeded his baseline support. Eight out of 10 times, uh, Obama fell below his baseline support. Uh, 88% of the respondents were likely to vote, and 69% engaged to the point of not only voting, but responding that they'll definitely talk to their social network about their position on the election. Approximately 30% of the participants self-identified as undecided or leaning towards a candidate. 11% undecided and 17% were leaners. Uh, They don't release specific numbers for Xbox Live events. Participation was strong and amazingly consistent throughout the entire debate. We can tell you we've seen approximately 10,000 users responding to daily polls, and participation in this event far exceeded this number. So they got a lot of people watching it on there. Um, And see, this is the whole... The, where we've snuck computers into the living room yeah, in the form of game consoles, and we're starting to leverage that. Yeah, big and, time. Because it's now it's, this, it's, it's not the old television model of push. Yeah. Where we put it in people's faces, and then we design this weird arcane Nielsen box system to try and figure out what's happening. Mm-hmm. Now you've got this two-way communication tool. Right. 
and real time. Not only that, but they have all the stats. Even if if you're on if that Xbox was on, they knew what you're doing. Yes, they which is know frightening. a little bit. I mean, it's one of those things like, okay, well, great, you know that I'm either playing a game or I'm watching Netflix or whatever. But still, they can they can look at it in the totality of it and say, we had this many people watching the debate. We had this many people online. This is what the breakdown of what they were doing was. I mean, it's a lot more. Uh, from a stats perspective, it's like, yes, this is awesome. We can gather so much more feedback, and we can pull so much more uh, interesting things about demographics from this. It's, it's all done through a air quotes game, game console. System. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the whole I've always been mystified by the because I've had a computer on my entertainment sure. center since the late nineties, and now everyone does. It's just called either a Roku box, right? An Apple TV or a game system, a game system of some, of some kind. Yeah, the Wii not so much because it's it's light on the. I mean, you can do Netflix, Netflix on it. Yeah, and some of their you know their channel systems nowhere but near. It's nowhere near as mature as the Xbox and the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm curious to see what else people come up with because I was I was curious you know when one versus one hundred was kind of a thing right. That was, hey, that's a neat idea. Because mm-hmm. um, so I remember the days of, you remember You Don't Know Jack? Oh, yeah. This was one of the first times the computer in the living room in a party setting Worked. was a big deal. And, and they had yeah. this, you know, this was tailor-made. It was a rocking good time. Sure. You still find it in bars. Sure. Yeah. Because um, it's awesome. Right, right. It's great, great fun. makes great, funny, the writers are awesome. Yeah. But... What's the next thing? I mean, we've got these high-speed internet connections, even though, generally speaking, the U.S. as a whole sucks. We're yeah. working on it. Um, and we've got these interconnected boxes that now have cameras and motion sensing yeah. and the ability for... I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot of untapped processing power in a PS3. Sure. Uh, not as much in the Xbox, but the no. next generation but the next gen is will coming. Address it, I think, in both cases. Um, you know, I, I'm. I want to see yeah. what the next really in, in person who's thinking outside of the box says. Hey, did we ever? We never thought we could do this. Yeah, and we and and there's such a uh, you know the rise in gaming of the MMO. So we already have people also really used to interacting with others when mm-hmm. they're doing something for entertainment. They may switch that into. You know, it was one of the weird things that they took away from Netflix, which I was the ability to watch it with somebody else on the yeah. Xbox. I don't know why they removed that because that was really interesting to me too. That you could throw on your headset, connect with friends across the country, and all simultaneously watch a show and kind of talk about it and, mm-hmm. and do that. And I've seen that in video games like Mortal Kombat, uh, the the remake of it that they came out with the Xbox had like a watch mode, and you could kind of queue up. It was like a throwback to what arcades were, were yeah. like. You'd have people in the little you know, movie theater basically, and the main fight was happening between the two active players, and the others could comment and do little their little avatars could Woo-hoo! do things and stuff. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then they queued up, and the next person would jump in, and you know, whoever lost came out. So yep. it was it's interesting, and and you you can see that that's a direction gamers would like to go. And because now game platforms are media platforms, yeah. what else can you incorporate? Well, I'm looking forward to whenever the ITV comes into being. Yeah. Whether it'll be truly just a giant-sized iMac, including the iSight camera, and will that be the real, will they adapt FaceTime to be the true 
in the living room video conferencing system and where people may take that right. to, okay, now we have the ITV, basically a computer built into a television linked into the iTunes uh, app ecosystem mm-hmm. and go. Right, right. Hand that to the developers. Right. And so, you know, something simple like, you know, playing charades, you know, across the country. Yeah. So, you know, if it's Thanksgiving, you know, Meemaw couldn't make it, but she's with, you know, she Uncle watch. Tim. And yeah. You can do, you can do, do the traditional family things. family games. Yeah. Across the country. That'd but where, awesome. they, where they make it easy enough for just any old person. Because we could pull that off now. We have right. the technology, but you've got to be kind of a bit of an uber yeah. to want to do it. Yeah. Where what Apple does beautifully is they make it turnkey. Yeah. They just, make it. just make it go. And I, I think you're seeing that more. I mean, I have my, my folks in town, and it was funny because we were kind of just talking, and this gets a little aside from gaming, but we're talking about the fact I'm like, I'm getting really close to saying I don't need cable anymore. Oh, I'm, I'm inches away from being be- a cable cutter. And there's a few things that are keeping me there. Number one, I need to be able to subscribe to HBO directly because I have to go through a cable service right now to get that. Right. And that gives me HBO Go. So what, well, I was what like, you really want is HBO Go. I, want you don't HBO care Go. About- I don't really care about it because, I mean, it's so fast in terms of getting content up there mm-hmm. that, I mean, yeah, I might, you know, Game of Thrones will come out on Sunday and I can watch it Monday at the latest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's even up right after the, the first run of the episode. So there's things like that, but I was basically explaining because I'm like, yeah, my Xbox, I got Netflix, I got my Hulu, I have. Yep. Amazon Prime, I have all this. And, you know, they're like, well, that sounds really cool. And I'm like, you know, you it's like 150 bucks right now for an Xbox, like a base version 4 gig hard drive, which for them, right. they're not going to use it. And I'm like, you can just get that. I mean, yeah, Roku would work as well. But, you know, this and they're like, well, we kind of like you have grandkids, you know, like to have a game system for them on, at our at our house. So they were definitely leaning towards that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and I think you're going to see that more and more prevalent that people have some sort of device in their house. That's really easy to use, be it an, an Apple product or, you know, the Xbox isn't exactly complicated. That one's pretty simple as well. Yep. And I think a lot of uh, developers are going in that direction. Well, I'm curious also to see the next gen Xbox. Yeah. And because all the things that got, that got stapled on the the Kinect and and things that added on over the life and the, and the changes that were made, you know, the built-in HDMI support, mm-hmm. um, the changes to the dashboard, sure. And what they're going to ship is standard equipment with the new. And I'm assuming it's going to be a full built-in camera Kinect or the next generation of Kinect will be standard equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and what new back-end services they include. Right. Because they'll, they'll be doing you know, the same kind of idea of what more can we do now that we've, we've secured our position in the living room. Yeah. And we're beginning to teach people, hey, this does a lot more than play Just games play when game. you stick the disc in. Right. Um, also, I expect discs to be a thing of the past. It's Pretty all, much. It's all probably going to be direct download. The only thing will be if they go the legacy route, if right. they allow you backward compatibility. I would expect it to be uh, you could buy the legacy drive. Yeah. Where it won't be standard equipment to keep the cost down. Right. But if you want to play your 360 games, you can uh, you know, buy an external USB DVD drive. Yeah. Now, what, if they were doing it, a way to get me to just absolutely throw my money at them is if they told me that they're going to basically make those games available for download. If you have proof of purchase, right. you can download the game. Put the disc in your DVD player on your computer. Yeah, sign some in, way. Prove you've yeah, got it. Prove, you know, basically register it with them. So right. it gets registered once. Once it's that, that disc is registered, it's, you have it's it off forever. the market so to adjust the uh, 
uh, you know, use game sales. Yeah. But still, it's yeah, that would be. Now that thing, that'd be prob- slick. They probably won't jettison the the optical drive because they'll want to sell it as a Blu-ray player right, as well. Right. Right. They'll they'll still want to have that function. So you have you have your one box that does everything. Now they might have a level, the lower level, maybe no drive at all. Right. And you could see that being a, a lower price point of like a one ninety nine. Then you go two ninety nine to get the Blu-ray and all that shenanigans. Interesting idea. We yeah. shall see in the next year or so. Yeah. One would hope. So some yeah. other quick, yeah, we got room for quick hitters. Uh, we had XCOM, like I mentioned, there's been already reviews, but they also had a great interview on Game Informer with the uh, designer saying the classic Iron Man mode is really, really hard. <laughs> Even for the guy Even that made it. That makes it. He's, in the article, he goes on to say he had about a 50-50 success rate on it because it really brings into all the stuff you have to deal with both from a – uh, tactical standpoint, plus the entire strategy of having to build your base and make the decisions on what you're going to research, where you're going to go, what you're going to build, and then just the brutal brutality of if you lose that well-trained soldier and having to recover from that with a bunch of rookies, um, that's that's XCOM. And that's why they call it Iron Man mode. And they mentioned that they're, they're shipping, they have a normal mode in it, which is, or <coughs> then don't, don't kill yourself with water. <laughs> But they mentioned that they had a normal mode in it that's more geared towards the the newer players to it. It takes out a lot of the having to worry so much about your base design and really lets you just focus on tactics. Um, but I think anybody that has played XCOM and wants a more true experience wants to go with that classic mode. Um, and Iron Man, I think, removes the ability to save. <laughs> so it's other than, like, you know, you can't save in a mission. You can't Instant re- death. You can't reload that mission. So uh, it's it sounds good. And that's the way, I mean, I have no problem with them putting in an easier difficulty as long as I can choose what difficulty matches what I want to play. Right. Um, games, you know, one of the things that really sold me somewhat on the difficulty debate was Diablo 3's forced easy mode. To, you had to go through it one time on the easiest setting. You couldn't just start the game off and say, I want to pick a different setting. Right. When a game developer forces you into that, that's not good. Right. That's pretty crappy. I think I want to pit myself against nightmare mode. Yeah. I, or I want, that I want that may a be a horrible decision, but I want the option. Right, right. Or I want something. So you had to give me some mechanic to make this hard or whatever I want to have, level of challenge I want to have right. in the game from the get go. Um, as long as it's an optional thing, you can pick it. That's, that's perfectly fine for me. Yep. And from GameSpot.com, yeah. Mass Effect 3 downloadable content that's not rewriting the endings. No, this is, and this, again, what is it? It's multiplayer content. Oh, yeah. Which they, I mean, their multiplayer add-ons every time have been awesome, and this one is the biggest one yet. They're adding a new faction to fight against. Well, this is October 9th. It's called the Retaliation Pack. Yep. And it has new enemy faction that features the Collector Praetorian Scion, Abomination, Trooper, and Captain. It brings new Tarian, yeah, Tarian Havoc Soldier and the Tarian Ghost. Infiltration. Infiltration. Uh, so these are new characters you'll be able to play as. Right. Um, adds the hazard versions of existing maps. Interesting. Which feature new environmental hazards and traps, which I think is clever design. Where they have mm-hmm. to, don't have to redesign the entire map. But it, it makes they, it They new. just danger up an existing map. It makes it feel new, rep. though. Uh, new unlockable weapons, the collector assault rifle, such as the collector assault rifle, submachine gun, and sniper rifle. Ooh, mm-hmm. sniper rifle. Music to my ears. Yeah. Snipety snipe, snipe, snipe. And the multiplayer DLC brings a new multiplayer challenge feature that allows gamers to track progress against one another. Yes, ladder stats. Yeah. Again, it's just, and it's a free update. Mm-hmm. 
So it's I honestly, free entertainment, baby. I could not ask for more in terms of my Mass Effect Three, which sadly I haven't had time to play because you know Borderlands Two. There's been MechWarrior Online. There's been a lot of things right now eating into my time. Uh, but this, I'm, I'm going to be back getting me some in in this as soon as this uh, download drops because mm-hmm. that sounds just great. So I really. I would predict that your next Mass Effect entry is going to be massively focused on multiplayer. So what do you think? Countdown, uh, what, a day and a half before somebody finds one shoulder graphic texture that was reused from on the disc, and they say, DLC that was already on the disc. <laughs> exactly. How dare they? How dare they? Yeah. No, I don't. I, I, I've rarely seen anything other than, of course, balance issues where people, you know, complain or, or talk about nerfs. I mean, that's that's always going to be there because that's very subjective. But uh, in general, the view of the multiplayer uh, that and job they've done with Mass Effect has been really, really positive. Uh, They're and, giving us free DLC. They're screwing us yeah. again, man. And and the problem, the other big problem is, of course, we as we previously mentioned, is I'm going to get a shipment on Tuesday with my XCOM. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to say it's time to play this. Uh, I'm uh, sick. Yeah. Uh. And, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Don't have time for you. I'll be playing XCOM. See ya. Yeah. Go back. So and they have that, and we talked last week. We were talking about games we had to let pass. Yep. Uh, one of the nice things I have is a kid that plays games, <laughs> and he has a birthday coming up. Yep. So chances are I'm going to see still a lot of the games that I personally would not have time for. He's like, I want Dishonored really bad, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it'll be in the so house. It'll be in the to, house to eventually be picked yeah. up. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I'll be able to. If I so choose, hear about the entire game and its ending within two days yes. of its release. <laughs> or whenever he picks it up, yeah. So that's uh, yeah. that'll be happening. Clearly not screwing around. So yeah, this is rough. I mean, it's it's great that they're releasing this downloadable content for Mass Effect 3. I just have no idea where I'm going to fit in a sizable amount. I'll give it a shot. I'm going to definitely download it. But I'm not sure exactly when I'm going to be able to dedicate time again to any game solely in the next four months, I would think, just the way, based on the releases that are coming out and what I already have. I, I mean, I'm barely, I like level 16 or 17 is my highest character in Borderlands 2 right now. It's ridiculous. Well, see, I'm on the, the tail end. I'm in the home stretch of the massive onslaught of real-life responsible adult paperwork mm. that I've been doing for pretty much the, the last month of uh, weekends. Yeah. Pretty much been consuming my weekends in a good way because this is stuff that's been looming over me. Well, yeah. I'm very happy to have it done. Get it done. Yeah, but it means shortly it will be done, 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 complete, and I'll have some gaming time again. Yeah, there you go. So instead of just you know, jumping in for you know, 20 minutes, right, every alternate Thursday. <laughs> I may have the occasional weekend right. time to actually do a little playing. Well, that'd so be I'm cool. Really chomping at the bit to yeah. actually get my hands on some of this stuff. XCOM being the next in line and playing the uh, MechWarrior beta to a much greater extent than I have so right. far. So, yeah. <laughs> soon. Quite soon. All right. You are listening. To Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. We're up to our second break. Have some even more smooth federation, smooth jazz inspired by the Star Trek franchise by Andrew Allen. This break will feature Insurrection, what I think is one of the more underrated movies. Um, our 
RSS feeds are created and maintained by RSS feed creator from JitBit Software. Check them out on the web at jitbit.com or follow the link from our front page. They have lots of little widget software for all manner of occasions, and they are awesome, and you should check them out. We shall return right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW.
listening to VTW. 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 Productions. 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 Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Versus the World Radio. Researched Chaos. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. Onward and sideward into Researched Chaos. Brought to you by the awesome and wonderful all-volunteer research team, who you can find on the forums at VTWProductions.com. Just click the forum link at the top of the page. The title of this week's thread... Zombie Anarchy in the USA edition. Okay. Yeah, that was in reference to a story of one of the, well, an actor that was on the show, Sons of Anarchy, uh, went a little bonkers and pretty tried it, like attacked his and killed his neighbor who was like 88 years old and ate a cat and then fell off or jumped off a roof and died. So one of those like, hmm. There's something you don't hear every day. On, yeah, they're investigating if he was on one of the designer, like, a la bath salts type drugs. Yeah, dumps. eat your face. I think he was on everything but skates. Yeah, exactly. So that's where he came from. <sighs> our contributors are Fangs. With a Z, and it's the Z what makes it cool. Pusar. Ursa Heel. Fellow Harry White guy. Yep. Power and, brother. And uh, Aid. And No. no. Boba Fett. Yeah, he was in the RC. I saw him mentioned. Like, I tried. I'm so late. Gave it my best. So I don't get to say the name Boba Fett. That's right. This week there will be no mention of the word Boba Fett. Mm. What aren't we talking about? Boba Fett. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Who's your daddy? Boba Fett. <laughs> Bring it on. So uh, I was talking to you on the break over one that's near and dear to my heart, the return of Red Dwarf to yeah. BBC. Now, for those of you who uh, need to have your nerd card uh, renewed or turned in to be destroyed and don't know, Red Dwarf was a sci-fi comedy series on the BBC from the 90s, late 90s, into the early aughts. And back in 2009, they had a little kind of one-off miniseries return mm-hmm. that I think it was four-hour, you know, two-night miniseries special called Back to Earth. Uh, the premise of Red Dwarf is the last human alive in on a mining ship out in the middle of deep space. He was in stasis for screwing up, and you know he, he had brought. A, an unquarantined cat on board to be his pet <laughs> got busted and was put into stasis without pay while he was in there there was a disaster on the ship and the entire crew was killed and the radiation from the accident took millions of years to dissipate so the ship's computer left him in stasis right for millions of years then he came out of stasis and now is basically the last human being in existence out in the middle of nowhere on this ship with only the humanoid life form that evolved from his cat. Right. A hologram reproduction of his roommate, who's a complete bastard, <laughs> and a diva droid uh, robotic butler named Crichton. Yeah. And he is a complete slime ball, doofus, layabout, uh, and 
take that premise and run with it as only the British can. And it had a good like uh, eight series run. Then they did the uh, special, and the special was done for Dave, which is one of the other networks in the UK, which they they think is cute to, to give it a name. So they actually it's called Dave. <laughs> so it's like CBS. No, no, Dave. It's Dave, it's Dave. Channel. <laughs> and apparently, the miniseries they did was one of the most watched shows ever on yeah. Dave. So they said, hmm. So they're bringing back the show in its original format of uh, situation comedy, film before live audience. Nice. And this was, what was the date on this one? I think it's this weekend or last weekend that it premiered. And all report. I haven't actually had a chance to see it yet, but all reports are that uh, they're back to their writing roots and are mimicking the time when the the show was at its best in its previous runs. So it's apparently has started off quite well. Good. So if you like dumb British comedy set in a sci-fi universe, uh, this is for you. I highly recommend it. And I'm hoping that they get a good, good couple. They get all the original, uh, most of the original actors back. Yeah. And I'm, Rather looking forward to getting wrapping my head around this one. Yeah. Red Dwarf, man. <laughs> Start using smeg in my daily, daily yeah. vocabulary again. You're a complete smeghead, smeg. aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's cool. Red Dwarf did for smeg what Battlestar Galactica has done for frack. Frack, yeah. Frackin'. Frackity frack, frack, frack. Nice. I'm going to frack your smeg. So, in one of the more interesting Craigslist posts I think I've ever seen... <laughs> Uh, we have woman DM needed for a D&D based adult bachelor party in, in somewhere in Maryland, Prince or Pring George County, Maryland. Uh, the description of this Craigslist advertisement or, uh, seeking, uh, post is looking for a woman with dungeon master experience in Dungeons and Dragons, specifically 3.0 or 3.5 editions to run a game. This event is for a bachelor party, and the future husband-to-be would prefer if the DM could be topless. With that said, I assure you that nothing else is expected of you other than an exciting adventure. <laughs> it goes on to the requirements of Dungeon Master Experience in Dun- Dungeons and Dragons, preferably 3rd or 3.5. You have to be able to provide a picture of yourself, including face and body. Uh, no nudes, though, please. It's preferable that the cup size, though, is least C or greater. And if books are needed, it must be stated ahead of time. However, it would be preferable if the DM had her own. <laughs> this is one of the so oddest At least ones. a C cup and her own DM. Yeah, you need to yeah, you need to haul your own books. And it's going to be for five guys. And it goes on to say on an update that the guy posted was that basically because of the unforeseen quantity of responses to my posting, I'll try to respond best as I can. I'd also like to thank all of you who support me and apologize to those who find this post offensive. Uh those who are interested in how this all turns out, I will be posting an update after the big day. Thank you. And then it basically uh, said that thank you for everybody that applied. We're, we're trying to select our DM for this party. So, I mean, it's it's pretty funny. You go through the buzz, you're like, they seriously want a real D&D game. They just want the benefit of the person to be topless while they're doing it. Some, some <laughs> kind of wizard just named the episode. Casually Hardcore Episode 225. Really? Really? Exactly. I guess this one kind of falls into that. So is it really? Yeah, like, really? really? You know, just a suggestion. What, what I would do, 
if I was in that predicament, I would say get either have the strippers come to you or go to the strip club. Once you're done, come back and play D and D. I don't know. It would just I don't know how I could sit through an actual game session where my DM's sitting there topless and you're still like talking about like, okay, you know, roll the hit. <laughs> like, wow. Roll your tits? What? Yeah, like what? <laughs> Like, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, if you want a person, just get a person to run the game. But mm-hmm. you need topless. If you need topless, go to the go to the professionals. I am professional. Yeah. Come on. Professional. Come on, man. So, yeah. Not- Show me your moves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just thought the whole picture of the scene, I just can imagine it's like in a basement, you know, yep. just as, as stereotypical as you can make it and just some girl sitting there. Would it be best if she took her top off and then put it on the DM screen? Yes! And you couldn't see anything the whole game. That'd you be... ever bring an oversized yeah. DM screen? I assure you, I am topless I am still here. topless behind here. <laughs> that ain't right. Uh... So, the oatmeal, a while back, and I think I mentioned this at the time, I put up an Indiegogo fundraising to help fund a Nikola Tesla museum back east. Mm-hmm. Uh, the property where his original lab was and, and a lot of his original lab equipment is still there. It's in disrepair, but they had wanted to procure the land. They were working with some local governments to match some funds. And it was a modest proposal. They did like $174,000 or 850000 or No, it was their, – their part was a couple hundred grand that they wanted originally. Yeah. Uh, they're over a million now. Yeah. So – there's a post on the oatmeal here. We just passed one million dollars. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he starts. He starts the post. Jesus crowdfunded Christ. In nine days, we managed to raise over one million dollars to go towards buying back Tesla's old laboratory. And with the eight hundred fifty thousand dollars matching grant from New York State, this puts us at one point eight five million bucks. At its peak, the campaign was raising twenty seven thousand dollars per hour. Crashing Indiegogo and probably setting off some kind of land speed record in awesomeness. Indiegogo put together this infographic uh, showing some interesting data points on the campaign. So they now are moving forward with New York State to procure the land and build what I'm assuming is going to be a fairly deluxe Nikola Tesla museum. Uh, We're basically going to refurb his original lab and turn the land into a publicly funded and run museum go oatmeal yeah that's awesome i mean i don't need to it if you follow the oatmeal at all you know his love for tesla oh and yeah all, everything that... and everything nerdy and sciencey yeah and i mean he is he is a, a cut from the same cloth as the xkcd yep. um whose gentleman whose name i am blanking on um, oh yeah um yeah i blank on it too sorry um, yes, it was the <laughs> Operation Let's Build a Goddamn Tesla Museum. Uh, well, Operation Let's Build a Goddamn Tesla Museum is a rousing success. Right, right. And I think Tesla is one of those, uh, I think, underappreciated historical figures um, that the wider public, I think, I mean, he had some interesting ideas. He had yeah. the whole free electricity for everybody idea delivered via the air. Right. Um, and a lot of the concepts he explored you know, are, exist or now 
like the wireless charging technologies you can use are, are adaptations of some of those original ideas. They're much shorter range. Because mm-hmm. you just want to put towers all over the place and just throw electricity into the um, ionosphere and you would just pull it down. Yeah. It would all be delivered wirelessly. Right. Uh, there's some challenges. With yeah, that. just a tad. <laughs> the fact you might cook people. Detail. But I mean, you know, it expired some great things in a Command and Conquer Red Alert. So hey. And the Tesla coil. <laughs> exactly. The Tesla we, we coils. We now have the musical Tesla coils. Right, right. Where would YouTube be without Nikola Tesla? Yeah. Not far. No, it would have a little bit less content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, consider it runs on electricity. There you go. <laughs> it would not go far. I was enjoying the uh, Avengers DVD. That's one of the fun lines when Captain America is pull, pulling up yeah. the, pulling up the ultra modern control. It appears to run on some kind but, of electricity. Oh yeah, some form of electricity. The way he delivers that is awesome. <laughs> like, I'm from the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Stark's response: Well, you're not wrong. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. No, it's good stuff. Um, right, what do you got? Well, I'm going to go off a little bit. I know I wrote these notes, but one of the things I did want to mention. <laughs> I wrote these notes. I wrote these notes, em. but screw them. Uh, I did want to talk about uh, if you ever get a chance to. or yeah, I, I had never watched um, on the Geek and Sundry channel the tabletop. Oh. I've never seen one. And I happened to see one pop up in a Twitter feed. It was the, I guess, the most recent one that it was Will Wheaton playing with Morgan Webb. And a couple other, a comic book creator, and I forget who the fourth guy was. Uh, the comic book creator reminded me it was Captain. He writes Captain America. He did the whole Death of Captain America storyline, right. all that. Uh, the fourth guy can't remember what he, but he's obviously involved in. Oh, he he's the maker. Of, he's the owner of Geek Chic okay. at the table. So so they played a game, uh, Pandemic, which looked awesome. Like mm-hmm. it actually made me want to go out and buy this game. Uh, it was a know, if you want to suck even more hours yeah. out of your life watching tabletop, because they play the games yep. and have such an uproariously good time doing it, yeah. you immediately want to go out and play that game. Yeah, and it was shocking, because I really thought watching people play a board game would be boring as, you know, all Not hell. with the hand-picked crowd. Not with they... the crowd they do. And they do, I mean, and it's a credit also to the, the folks that are the editors behind, because they really cut it together, and right. they make it, it pops, it's a, very, it's a fast watch, I think it was only like 10 or 15 minutes, uh, to watch them all fail to stop the spread of, I think they named the virus, the it was the H1 PAX virus, basically, <laughs> is what they determined the one virus. H1 PAX 1. Yeah, H1 PAX 1. Uh, Killed all of humanity. However, the game itself, and it was interesting to see a board game that was a cooperative four-player game. Yeah. You all work together. No dice rolling as well. It's, it was really interesting. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So on the list, though, we had an uh, uh, article sent to us of this thing that is supposedly for your home office. Uh-huh. It's this giant chair, cushy chair with like, they call it the scorpion uh, monitor where it's these, this huge tail comes over the chair and has three monitors on yep. it. and Suspended be, from above. Yeah, suspended from above and it can be lowered down to be in your face or you can tilt the chair back and it has... And the monitors follow you around. Yeah, follows you around. It has all these little conveniences put in there and it's it's only six thousand dollars for, and it's the, of course for your workspace. It's for the workspace, which is like, and I love it. It's called the Emperor, <laughs> <laughs> the fifty, uh, um, the fifteen ten Emperor. I can I can picture Emperor in this in an Emperor. Yeah, like hello, uh, minions. Yeah, I go mean, forth. Because when I'm working, I also am really concerned about my audio system. Oh, of course. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to, you know, speakerphone, speakerphone, yeah, conference exactly. calls. When I'm, yeah, when I'm WebExing, you know, yeah, I, exactly. I need to have that because, yeah, in full, like, you know, beats sound system. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, this thing looks looks pretty good. I could game. That's one of those where it's like all it is missing is the catheter and the IV for food. Yeah. And then you're basically like, I'm going into my gaming pod for the See next you on six Tuesday. months. <laughs> Manly stuff in the IRC says only six thousand. I'm saving now. Saving now, yeah. The other problem is also like, where would you put that thing? I mean, you, you, your office would just be that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you need certain ceiling height even for that sucker. I'd remodel. I'm guessing if you can afford a six thousand dollar workstation, yeah, you can remodel, or you could go buy a place that would conveniently sit your pod. <laughs> the emperor, I love it. The other, the other version of this has been the uh, concave screens, yeah, where you actually push your chair up into it, right? And Ink Tank did a great uh, comic on it, where the main character is encountering that and says, "This is our new concave uh, gaming screen. It wraps around you and with you know seven point surround sound. Like I feel funny in my pants." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, I'm a little scared of a blue screen of death that's physically bigger than me. <laughs> It's kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. Tell me you couldn't mod that sucker out and make it basically a Battletech cockpit. See, I played <laughs> in virtual oh, worlds. Yeah. Did you ever did no. you ever go to Vegas when they existed? I, I, we had a Battletech Center down Navy Pier in Chicago. Okay. So, yeah, I, we, we so spent while a they lot existed, of time yeah. there, yeah. So um, those were you know early iteration of that idea. Yeah. You got in the pod. Got in the pod, closed it off, and mm-hmm. you had all the 50 million buttons yep. and controls, and so you had to do a startup sequence. I mean, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> awesome. <sighs> You're doing it right. That's right. All right. So Apple <laughs> yeah. has made a small edit to their website. <laughs> this is from 9to5Mac. Yeah. Apple no longer calls iOS 6 maps, quote, the most beautiful, powerful mapping service ever, end quote. So previously on their website, this is the description of maps. It says, maps takes a whole new turn. Designed by Apple, from the ground up, maps gives you interactive 3D views and stunning flyover feature, all of which may just make the app the most beautiful, powerful mapping service ever. Small edit later, it now says... Designed by Apple from the ground up, Maps gives you turn-by-turn spoken directions, interactive 3D views, and the stunning flyover feature, all in a beautiful vector-based interface that scales and zooms with ease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in case you don't know, <laughs> with iOS 6, Apple jettisoned the Google-based mapping system in favor of one that they designed themselves. It's since been revealed that it has a few issues such as placing destinations in midair yeah, or in up, the ocean or in the ocean <laughs> um, it wasn't quite ready for prime time yeah they, you know they, they and then when you consider the amount of work that goes into these street level mapping mm-hmm. i mean google has been banging on and that forever forever and it you know and apple thought they could just step in and replace yeah. it They've been proven very, very wrong. Very wrong. And they're still holding up the approval of the Google Maps app in the App Store, which pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, which is BS. But, I mean, that's what's when you get two big companies having yep. a spat. And you know, to the point where Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, has written a public apology letter saying, we're very sorry, about the, we're working very hard to address the problems with Maps. 
uh, you know, we're hearing you know, we, this is not the kind of product we normally like to. Right. You know, it's one of those things where you can't test it enough. Yeah. In the lab or with a, right. with a beta test. They couldn't discover these problems until it got out into the wild and got used by several million people all over the place. Still, though, I think it's the first time with Apple where you really would have to ask, like, if Steve was here, would this have happened? Yeah, it probably would have because this is, to me, this is just like. I know, it's a tough one. This is just like AntennaGate. Right, right, right. The death grip on the original iPhone 4, where that got out the door. Yeah. And. Uncle Steve was right there with right the there, and yeah, the, the nine You're holding line. it wrong. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know how to hold a phone. <laughs> I mean, to me, that was that was the, the that's the, true. Wow, that's a good point. Then they eventually caved and gave away free cases right. to stop your skin from bridging that contact. Yeah. And radically redesigned the antenna for the 4S. Of course, so that actually wouldn't there would be no drop death off. Grip. Yeah. Um, and that just revealed problems with the testing procedures because yeah. the testing system, it goes in an RF cube in a Faraday mm-hmm. cage in a stand without a human being holding it. Sure. So it tested beautifully. I mean, when you weren't death gripping the antenna, it was a fantastic design. And it was a very clever um, design to service many masters because it had part of it, the, those are the Wi-Fi antenna part, which was the CDMA antenna. And they just didn't test it with a human being holding it. Yeah. And they really couldn't believe that, that no, that, that couldn't possibly be. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, it got out the door with that. And I totally understand how this happened, because basically the sample size of their testing, when something as sure huge as a map as a, application, you know, mapping application, you, just, you can't. You can't test every route. Right. And, yeah. No, I understand how it happens. So we're, but we're basically, we're all unpaid beta testers. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know that they even needed to change the statement, because nowhere in their original statement did they say it was accurate. Correct. <laughs> I'm sure it looks good. It's very pretty. Yeah, I'm sure it looks beautiful so when pretty. it's sending you into, you know, the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Someone took one of the pictures from the, they have the robotic car challenges. Yeah. And they had you know, one of those cars outfitted with, with one of its sensor arrays. It looked kind of like the, the Google camera. Right. It says, hey, I found the Apple Maps car. And it was one that had crashed into a ditch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, comedians are just loving it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it's an easy shot. For there was sure. one that was uh, the people who are tweeting and pretending to be the Mars Curiosity Laboratory, right? Saying, "I just got the iOS iOS six upgrade. Apparently, I'm in Detroit." <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Oh boy. But I digress. Yep. Uh, what was the next one? Here we have. We're actually at our break. Oh, God, you're right. We're broken. Wow, we, uh, we got to leave time for the peoples to calls. The peeps to calls. The peeps the make the calls, yeah. Okay, coming your way. More Smooth Federation. This is the search for Spock. We shall return with your calls right after this.
this is Will Wheaton from Radio Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds with opinions. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. It's time for Nerds with Opinions. And we have a nerd on the line with an opinion right now. Who's calling? This would be the Ursi. Ursi Hill, how friendly, you doing? Friendly. Yeah, friendly neighborhood, Ursi. Sorry. Be friendly Friend neighborhood, Ursi man. Ursi hmm. man. Anyway. <laughs> doing whatever Ursi man can. Uh, actually, it was Spider Bear. I think that's one that uh, Octail oh boy. did a while ago. During Show X back way back in the day. <laughs> Spider Bear. So, Spider Bear. So. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Anyways. <laughs> so what is your relationship with the uh, game reviewer community at all? At all? I don't really care. But um, what I actually do find useful is you need to uh, find a game reviewer on a personal level. And, you know, you actually find somebody that you agree with, somebody that actually likes the same things that you like, like, you know, that has the same criticisms. And uh, the one that came way back in the day before... They went to G4 and all that. There was a show called uh, X-Play. Ah, yes. yes. Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. Morgan Webb. Actually, Morgan, when you mentioned Morgan Webb earlier, that's what triggered the whole idea, you know, the whole thought in my head anyway. Yeah. But um, with X-Play, I agreed with them like 95% of the time. And, you know, like, you know, even if everybody else is like, you know, like, this is the best game ever, and they hated it, usually they were, you know, dead on with what I want. So... Um, in terms of, like I said, game reviews and everything, find somebody that I, that you actually agree with, you know, develop a personal relationship, even though there's no two-way per se, back in the day, especially with the TV, but um, uh, you know, and then, you know, the rest whatever, they can, whatever. <laughs> I mean, X-Play had me with their, they had the little stick figure of the person holding the umbrella with the no symbol of it, says, we hate escort missions. Yeah. Uh-huh. So then, you know, I mean, you know, a show that's like, well, we're in the middle of summer. There are no games to review, and uh, we're going to do a musical, right? <laughs> <laughs> because so, we can. Someone gave us a camera and a microphone and a national you know, TV show, and apparently a budget too for that one, because you know that one cost you know tens and tens of dollars, at least. Oh, I know, and they did a beautiful job with you know no budget, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm sad that, you know, I don't get to watch the show anymore, but eh, whatever. Yeah. Sessler's still out there doing the occasional thing. Yeah, well, and Morgan Webb's out doing stuff with Felicia. So well, apparently Tabletop, yeah. Yeah. Well, well Tabletop, and she also did a uh, a flog. A flog, Episode yeah. where oh, they okay. were both um, doing archery in Elmhurst. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Which was amusing as all, you know. And, of course, the best part of that one is the... I don't judge, you know, I judge, you know, success by my own standards. And this arrow up here, which is way off the target, is actually my bullseye. I was totally aiming for that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so therefore, I win. Nice. Hey, excellent. Oh, Felicia. Alrighty. I'm going to kick you to the curb to make room for an accent. Thank you for calling in. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. And a wild accent has appeared. This is Tech Priest. Hey, Tech Priest. There is no Daxa here to be massaged <laughs> in her earlobes by your fuzzy foreign accent, but speak upon the topic at hand yes. anyway. What are your feelings I about reviewers? I shall speak. Um, 
I don't really read reviews. I tend to watch videos about games and make the buying decision about them, but I don't believe in reviews for a score is so it does not give a give a feel for the game, it only gives a score. And the score is a number made up. It's not a feeling. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think usually, I mean, the score will at least catch my eye, but it's usually like I want to know, okay, if you're rating it low, what's wrong? And there's times definitely where people rate it low where I go, I could give a, you know, ask less about, about right. that issue. So, you know, if you're rating it low because it has a multiplayer thing and I'm intending to play it single player, then I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Multiplayer's in balance while I'm playing single player. And yeah, um, uh, for example, Tutorisk and that Gambomb have great videos that are 30, 40 minutes long about explaining a game. And that's mm-hmm. my way of getting information about the game if you should buy it or not. Well, that's good. Yeah, excellent. Oops. Have you ever, and now you've used that to, have you ever just bought a game, though, without even waiting for the review? Or do you do that more often, or is it more, more mainly you wait for the review? I used to buy games before the review came out, but I got them burnt. Yeah. Many times, so now I wait a week after release before I buy a game. If it's not a game, a small independent game that I've been followed, they tend to be quite okay, not right. the big okay. publisher bullshit. Most excellent, thank you for calling in. And thank you for having me. We'll talk to you next time. Casually Hardcore, who's calling? Hello, then, this is some kind of wizard. See the Accents are just queued up here. Yeah, they're so, flowing. And Dax is just not here to receive it. Well, you know, these things happen. Sorry, I do my best. <laughs> not your fault. So, how are you? What do you do? You have a reviewer that you follow? Could you not care less about follow about following reviewers? What's your feeling? Mm. Well, I'm a little bit split on it. I used to follow like reviews on the internet because to me they were my you know my only introduction to them. But as it stands, I've grown sort of a big player base of friends or friends base of players even and i've realized that although game reviewers have one thing in like in their favor and that's perspective they've tried a lot of games they've got a lot to speak of when it comes to games i'm interested in i know what my friends likes are exactly and i respect their decisions what they like and their ability to either completely be a fanboy or to you know give it its fair shakes I mean, for instance, I have just recently been playing Dark Souls for a couple of days now, and I got it for the PC. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't planning on originally getting it, but then because of my friend, it was... Um, I don't know, I saw him do a lot of streams, and he talked to me a lot about it, and everything about it is really quite interesting, but still, I would not have been exposed to that kind of thing. And a lot of reviews did slam the PC port, because it is, make no mistakes, a terrible PC port. But it's an incredible game, and the fact that we have it on the PC in any kind of format is actually just a godsend. I mean, it's been like that with plenty of games in my past, and it's thanks to friends more than it is thanks to game reviewers. That's yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in your camp there. I, I, XCOM would would not have been on my radar if not for hearing it uh, shouted from the rooftops, you know, in this very room by that very guy. Yeah. Well, uh, I imagine it was quite loud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very loud. Somewhat. But... Actually, I, I mean, that kind of brings up a good point just from friends, but one of my other ways that I tend to get my reviews is the Steam sales. Ah, yes. Because when I see things for super cheap, I kind of go, well, that game is interesting. Let me, that, that's, I think that's the number one time I read reviews is during a Steam summer sale. So, or okay, the this is seven ninety nine. 
Why? Why? <laughs> because it's crap or because they're being generous? Awesome with the and sale. People are like, yeah. holy crap, I've been waiting for this game forever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, hmm. Yeah. Perhaps there's something You see, I'm lucky this. in that I don't have to follow any of that 4chan rating stuff myself because I have friends who will do that themselves <laughs> and then they find all the interesting things. They're your aggregates. <laughs> like, so yeah, when I see a sale, I just sort of spread the net out, yeah. spread the web across What do you guys think? Say, so what do you think? Oh, what do you know? Well, that's good. And usually an answer comes in. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good way to, you gotta, you know, protect your time and money. So you're a good wise way to do it. You're beyond your few years. I do my best, as I say. <laughs> All right. Thank you for calling in this fine Sunday. And we thank will you. catch you. Um, sorry, is that okay for a little shout out again? Oh, but of course. Cool. Uh, a shout out to my friends from the Fabulosity Podcast. It's getting better every week. Awesome. Where can that be found on the interwebs? Uh, it can be found on the YouTube of X Thomas with two S's, and I'll post that. And it can be found twitch.tv slash Fabulosity, which nice. is also spelled oddly. And I'll put them in the. Uh, I'll see chat. Shameless plug. <laughs> I, I should feel shame, but I no. don't. Thank you very much. We encourage and promote shameless plugs. That's right. We will catch Thank you next much. time. Be well. And welcome to Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who's calling? This is Agris SW. Hey, hey, I sense an oncoming shout out. Your senses are getting stronger. Mm. Shout out to my loving girlfriend, Ambrosia Hartnett. Shout out, so given. Now, how do you feel about reviewers? Do you care? Do you ignore them? Do you do the opposite of what they say? What do you feel? Um, I usually try not to pay attention to what other people are reviewing. Uh, what, well, what professional quote air quotes reviewers are saying about their about the upcoming games or what's going to be good or what's not going to be good. I usually tend to ignore that sort of thing because usually it either leads to hype or overhype, and then you get built up for this. It's like, okay. Set the expectations say, high. Yeah, yeah, these reviewers say this game's going to be mind-blowing. It's going to be your cancer. It'll clean your house. It's going to be the best thing to Bring your ancestors bread. back and from the dead. It turns out to be a steaming pile. It's yeah. Pong. Yeah. Yeah, it's color. So I usually tend to ignore those kind of reviews. Um, I usually listen to reviews of... Um, of individuals such as the fine hosts of the VTW shows. You know, oh, you're screwed. You have actually said some things. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I'll go take a look, either a movie, music, or something yeah. else. And, hey, that's actually really cool. Well, that's mm. good. Now, has I guess using that review, have you ever had some uh, the flip side where you've gone, ah, something you were kind of interested in, that, ooh, I've, I've heard this them say this sucks, and now I'm not going to pick it up? Hmm. Can't think of anything off the top of my head. I know it's probably happened more yeah. than once, but I can't think of anything most recently. There was like, I was like, oh, this, this looks really cool, and then I heard the other side of this thing. So it's like, wait, really? Yeah. Uh, then uh, nah, nah, I'm, 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 I'm good. We're gonna skip. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, that's, that's yeah, I, a good way to do it. Yeah, I, I usually go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I usually uh, tend to. Make my own decisions. Like, okay, this game looks cool. I'm probably going to play it. This one seems kind of interesting. I'll wait for it to come out, find somebody that either has it, yeah. or wait until it comes in used at the GameStop, and I'll be uh, like, okay, yes. let's see how this is. And, oh, this is crap. Get my money back for this. Work it, work it, work right, that right. system. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously that goes into a lot is if you're not big on reviews, you probably can pre-order more games then. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So, so. And I know your your girlfriend is into the Assassin's Creed, and that one, 
you're not going to wait on a review for, right? Oh, God, no, no. We're yeah. diving straight into that yeah. one. The only thing I, I, we both hate is the fact that they're releasing the uh, a side story, uh, Assassin's Creed Liberations, on the Vita right. only. And that angers both of us so much, more so her, because it's the lead's a female assassin. Like, <laughs> yep. oh, she looks so cool. We want to play and see and her go story. go buy a Vita. Because we don't have the platform yet. Yeah, that, that I'm still pissed me off I'm as still, well. I, I know, I'm still trying to, to justify that. It's like, no, I, 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 can't, I can't drop that amount of money for just nope. one thing. There's got to be more on the Vita. No. Until there's more, I'm to... holding my money off. I'm pretty sure you'll see that at some point get ported to the PS3 or the next-gen system. Oh, my God, I hope. Because, I mean, yeah, for me, that was the, the setting of that one is more interesting to me, just because it's set in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. But All right. Awesome. Excellent. All righty, then. And we've already dealt with the all-important shout-out, so yep. to the curb you go. <laughs> I have power. Yep. Power, power, power. And there are not... I had one, and he vanished just as I No! So if you're just trying to call in, try again. No. Yeah. So, um... It's interesting, though, with that. It's a big split. Because more after reading that article, I really tried to think about it. And, you know, one of the big, you know, quote-unquote, triple-A titles that just came out was Resident Evil 6. And it has gotten pretty universally panned in the reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think that one has enough of a following that the folks that are, much like Assassin's Creed, if you're down with Resident Evil, you're you gonna, will be you've buying. bought it probably already. They haven't burned um, all their uh, equity with by doing anything bad before. But so. yeah, anybody that uh, held off and waited to see what the, the reviews rolled in would probably be okay. thinking like, this might be, might be time to pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, the, I mean, my, my favorite review that actually has affected my game uh, purchasing mm-hmm. Yahtzee Croshaw with zero punctuation. Oh, yeah. Um, you look at the aggregate of his stuff, and he's a pretty negative guy. Right. In, in an entertaining way, right. he's pretty damn hard to please. But if you actually listen to and it's difficult because he speaks a mile a minute, but if you listen to what he has to say, uh, what one of the callers earlier mentioned of... Even if they're down on it, or if, no, there's something you said. If the stuff that they're complaining about is stuff you don't care about or would never notice if they hadn't mentioned it, uh, I've gone and, and, and bought games that he slammed. Um, and I still was terribly entertained by his method of delivery sure. of his reviews. Oh, yeah. Um, but I've very often gone against the recommendations because, well, the stuff you're pissed off about, I will never notice and or don't, and or don't care about. Yeah. And the thing, and you, you very often hold up the parts of a game that are good, right? Unless it's, he thinks it's complete trash, right? Right. Um, and say, yeah, I, I'm, it's enough for me to sign up for the good bits that you've mentioned there, um, and I got to see some funny animations with stick figures at the same time. Sure, exactly. And you know, I, I mean, I think he was one that really blasted, um, not Borderlands, Bioshock too. Mm-hmm. Um, just blasted, it. and I mean, his criticisms were correct. But they weren't deal breakers. But I loved the series too much to to care. Right. I mean, it was like, yeah, yeah, this does rehash pretty much the same game, um, but it's a new story. Maybe the story's not as good, but nonetheless, it's still a story set in the universe I love, so... Yeah, and it's really... I mean, it's hard to top the introduction to that universe and the story twist. Um, I mean, when it, it is not impossible, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, witness, you know, the Matrix trilogy. Sure. 
How do you follow that up? Well, apparently you, you can screw it up uh, pretty badly. Yeah. Um, you can waste all that equity you had with the viewer base. Yeah. But um, I can't figure out where I was going with that now. Lost. Ah, I was going to ask, <laughs> when, uh, how far are we out from Infinite? Oh, that one's got pushed now. I think they've run into some issues, so they've pushed that back. They're not committing. I think you can find some dates out there, but I wouldn't say that they're real right now. Probably at least a year. They've had some delays. They had some turnover. um, Oh, personnel changes. Yeah, and stuff like that. So it's not sounding happy. I mean, they weren't even at PAX this year. Yeah, I didn't see anything about that. uh, We're we're busy trying to get our house in order. Yeah, and they had a huge presence the previous year. Right. So uh, that was too bad to see. Um, But yeah, no, it's it's, going to be interesting to see if they can pull that game off and bring it back to the reviewers just you know, with so many big titles coming out, and we talked about this again last show with having to let certain titles slip again. What was what's going to be a big determining in terms of when I'm going to make time for some of these titles that I let slip? Probably reviews. Yeah, it has to be. I How mean, do you prioritize? I have to. I can't buy every game that I want, and I don't. Even if I could, I don't have time to play every game right. that I want to play. So I have to, you know, make some sort of. Uh, Judgment, and it, either there's going to be reviews, friend reviews. I mean, it'll come in from multiple sources, but reviews definitely hold a place in my purchasing decisions. And see, here's a strong argument for all you game developers out there for the free demo. Yeah. Because those games that let you play a level and let you see what you're going to be buying, mm-hmm. and really the free demo is, is, is a rare beast anymore. It's not as big. I mean... It's hard to do on consoles, though. With DLC, no, the consoles, I, I get them all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. they they do a, lot, a decent amount, at least on Xbox. Um, Steam is making the demo on the computer kind of bringing it back because right. before you really had to hunt down a game or have a gaming website to kind of tell you that oh, by the way, you know the the Quake demo has been released or whatever game demo has been released, you can check it out. Um, and so you had to really search for it. And Steam makes it a lot easier because you go. On, you have your Steam account, it'll just pop up a message saying, oh, by the way, you can download the XCOM demo or download this demo. So that's kind of making a comeback on the PC now. But, I mean, so many of the PC games, like, are in, you can't really do a demo for an MMO before it's released, other than, unless it's like a segmented MMO, like MechWarrior Online, where right. it's it's matches against each other. That one, they could probably somewhat demo. It's free, and the free-to-play they makes have, it they different, too. a server yeah. by itself. Yeah, and the, Really, the, the the new demo on the PC is the beta. Yeah, that's that's the way demos are done now, Pretty in, much in general. Um, so we're getting near the end here, and Emperor yeah. just popped in and said, "Greetings, loyal minions," which reminded me of a story from this week. Okay, um, I was off purchasing. I was at a Staples purchasing some hardware for a customer. They had uh, their their switch had just blown up, so we had to rapidly go to the closest place and get a new twenty four port switch because their network was down. And so the, the lovely young lady behind the counter with the uh, purple hair. Oh, nice. Um, we're doing the transaction. She says, she starts giving me the spiel about the you know, extended warranty. I was like, no, this is actually for someone else. I was just sent out to get these. And she says, oh, you were you know, one of the minions. And I, and I did the, uh, the monarch. Said, yeah. Minions. And she kind of went, yeah, they, um, oh, never mind. I was like. No, really, that was me doing Venture Brothers. Like, 
Okay, so, so you guessed correctly. Uh, that was me doing the monarch, and she's like, she obviously had no idea what to make of me, but she obviously got the reference because she gave me the, the the deer in the headlights look of old guy knows Venture Brothers reference. Yeah, can't compute, can't process cannot this. compute. Don't know what to say. Oh man, it's still it's just still the way you find members of the tribe in public That's right. is to pull stuff like minions. <laughs> They love that. They like that better than henchmen. That's right. All right. Speaking of the Emperor, arriving in the IRC, coming up next on Versus the World Radio, the Emperor's Court, your four-hour break, five, six, depending on how long they decide to go, your three-hour break from internet porn, our very own and most favorite right-wing nut job and his co-host left-wing nut job in the form of Highlander, mm. get it on for your entertainment. This one is not for the kids. Contains adult content. Please listen responsibly. Just know what you're getting yourself into. If you understand the grown-up words when they're used in a sentence, this is a good show for you. Thanks go out to all the volunteers who participate in Versus the World Productions. Without you, we could not get any of this stuff done. And we greatly appreciate the time and effort you put into keeping the community awesome. You can find us on the Facebook. Just search for Casually Hardcore or VTW Productions. We have fan pages for both of them. You can follow us on the Tweeter, Alpha Geek Radio for the show, VTW Productions for the network, Gnomewise for me, Izzy Grail for him. That's I-Z-Z-Y-G-R-A-I-L. And we'll just skip those others who couldn't be willing <laughs> to come here today. Man, I forgot to uh, mute the old IRC client there. Going crazy. Got to love it. And what else we got in the programmatic announcements? You can send emails to the show, OE Podcast listeners. Send your questions, comments, and smart-ass remarks to ch at vtwproductions.com. Check out our sister feeds, Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Interviews, under the Shows tab at vtwproductions.com. Sponsor a segment sometime. Five bucks gets you headline position on any one of our four halves of the show. You can pick which half you want to sponsor and write a short paragraph and designate who you want to say it and how you want them to say it within reason. And all proceeds from that go to maintaining the network, keeping the servers running, and getting us off to the occasional uh, convention and or... Oh, exposition where we can find nerdy goodness to bring forth for your listening pleasure. <sighs> Are we just going to let the last minute, just well, this, this is a where, moment of silence This now. is where our <laughs> fellow hosts would be making witty comments. Blah, blah, blah. Repartee. And... I've been witty for an hour and 59 minutes. I'm out of wit now. Yep. We're done. We are indeed. <laughs> and with that, actually, shall... and I'm also kind of paying attention to the Vikings. Gee, what a surprise! Thirteen nothing at the half. Booyah! Go with God. That's right. All right, you have been listening to Casually Hardcore, and even though Doc Dead threatens to throw himself off of Versus the World Tower every time he hears us say it, we are on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. Up next, Emperor's Court. Stay tuned. Minions of his. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. I have been Gnomewise. Yeah, I've been Grail. And we are out of here. 